The following podcast has been rated TVMA, NSFW, R, and NC-17, so it is not safe for kids. Put your children to bed. You spend enough time with them anyway. Times are getting a little easier these days, but that don't mean taking time for yourself needs to. When you want a drink, you want to work for it. That's why I only drink Malort. Its unusual full-bodied flavor of deck varnish and viper piss is a taste savored by two-fisted drinkers. So if you think your two fists are strong enough, why not grab yourself a shot of the only booze big enough to knock some sense right back into you? Jepson's Malort. It'll kick your ass for you, so you can take time taking her easy. Proud sponsor of Chad the Birdcast, which is what you're listening to right now. Hey, what's going on, everybody? My name is Chad. I'm a bird. This is my birdcast. You've done the math, and it turns out you're 100% where you're supposed to be. How are you doing out there? Hope you're doing all right. Hope the Halloween season was good for you. Hope it worked out good. Hope you got the right amount of candy. Got a couple full-sized bars. I was like, look, I saw the neighborhood. They were doing pretty well. But, like, no full-size bars. Like, I mean, I'm all in for a Twixie treat or, like, um, a Snickers or a Reese's Peanut Butter Cup. That's fine. But if you really want to be the G-O-A-T, you got to go full-size. And I know that's, like, old school. Um, Everybody knows it. But, like, does everybody know it? Because I saw a surprising lack of full-size bars. Also, fuck you with your Skittles. A summertime treat. Anyway, I hope it worked out and you got to drink a lot of pumpkin beer. The good stuff. The good kind. The one that doesn't taste like um, like a, if a pumpkin bomb pop was a thing, which it shouldn't be. What did I do, you ask? Well, I'll tell you. I got to do some fun streams. I got to hang out with some fucking cool peoples. Uh, I got to go to Logan Arcade recently and stream live a pinball tournament there. That was fucking awesome. I got to hang out with Pinball Jen of TikTok fame. And uh, she taught me all about uh, how to, like, play pinball because I just fucking thought you just hit the ball and hope it didn't fall down the little alleyway. But turns out you have scoring capabilities. So I learned a lot there. But I also got to talk about Jerry Lee Lewis, a.k.a. The Killer, and, um, you know, his questionable past, which I have prepared lovingly for you right now in this latest BirdCasts episode. So let's join me live from the Green Mill Talking about his great balls of fire already in progress. I can't promise that you like me, cause it could go downhill. I can't promise that you love me. Probably will. I can't promise you forever, baby, because that just went too long. Humans, I love you, but you drive me crazy. You tamed the rivers for commerce and you fucked up the water. You gave us the wheel, but then you gave us Range Rovers. You gave us great tunes. But then you also went through that swing phase in the 90s, and that shit was weird, and it came out of nowhere. <laughs> Just saying, you get close to great, and then you fuck it up. Never meet your heroes, I guess. Because your heroes are often humans, and humans drive me crazy. And it's frustrating. 
to be driven crazy so often because there's enough anxiety to go around the world today. Species are dying off because you're fucking with the ecosystem. Space, it turns out, is a terrifying void, which I never would have known if it hadn't been for you. And the climate is changing mostly because of the shit you're doing. Do not at me. Just Google it. The comments section is closed because, as previously mentioned, you're driving me crazy. It takes a lot to handle the human race, which is why most of us in the animal kingdom are drunk. It's true. You see a squirrel acting insane outside of your window, know that that squirrel is fucking piss-knocked because it spends all day up in the tree watching you drive. Have you ever seen you drive, humans? If you did, you'd be as blitzed as that squirrel. Watching humans drive is like watching somebody play the worst game of Frogger and then somehow, by glorious purpose, make it to the next level while you're still burning quarters trying to figure out how to play the damn thing basic. There's only so many ways to say holy fuck in all of the human languages, but hijo de puta, porca putana, yamoto kisu mak biach kut fudasa, if you don't invent some new ones watching you humans drive. It's maddening because, like, you invented cars. You made them. They're yours. But when you get enough of you on the same highway, it looks like you've never seen one before in your existence. And Jesus, take the wheel if it's raining. Looks like you're all driving on butter. Rain is not a new thing. Rain happens all the time. Everyone in the fucking animal kingdom knows it. You know it too, but when it happens, bedlam on the 9094, and you act like you just got freed from the matrix and your eyes don't work because you never used them before. <laughs> it's enough to drive anyone to drink. But damn it, humans. You also do really awesome shit like skee-ball. So I can't stay mad at you, which is why you should never meet your heroes. Just love them from a distance, judge them harshly up close, and enjoy the music. <laughs> Jerry Lee Lewis was born September 29th, 1934. Five. Thank you. Someone actually knew that. Congratulations. <laughs> 1935 in Faraday, Louisiana. To some truly shit conditions, but to get past it, he played piano with his cousins, Mickey Gilly, who would go on to become a famous country musician, which you already knew or you just learned about on Wikipedia, depending on how far north you grew up. <laughs> and his other cousin was Jimmy Swagger who'd become a famous televangelist, which you don't have a choice but to know, because televangelists make sure you know who they are, because outside of a tornado siren, there is nothing louder. The only reason televangelists are not used for Amber Alerts is because they're usually the reason for them. Speaking... <laughs> Speaking of Amber Alerts, Jerry Lee Lewis is enrolled later on in the Southwest Bible Institute in Waxahachie, Texas, specifically to learn evangelical songs. But he'd already discovered Moon Mulliken at the time, and instead he played one of them boogie-woogies. And then he was kicked out that night because it was too fun for church. 1956, he travels to Memphis. And this was Memphis in the 50s. If you were a bottle of whiskey, you lived every day in constant fear of getting slammed and then smashed when shit got too personal. <laughs> Jerry Lee Lewis, he can't sit down, so he keeps playing piano because fidget spinners and mental health hadn't been invented yet. <laughs> He's a session player at Sun Records. He meets Carl Perkins and some kid named Johnny Cash. 
On December 4th, 1956, this Lucy-hipped freshman named Elvis Presley comes by Sun Records when Perkins, Cash, and Lewis were jamming and figured that just wasn't sexy enough. So he jumps in the pool and starts kicking. The whole thing heats up and they leave the tape running. This would go on to become the legendary Million Dollar Quartet recordings, which will make your radiators feel inadequate and make your ears feel like they're in a hot tub. Jerry goes on to a solo career after this as Jerry Lee Lewis and his pumping piano, because back in the 50s, sexual innuendos were like vitamins. He records a whole lot of shaking going on, and then a little number you may have heard of called Great Balls of Fire. These legendary fucking pelvis busters crack fucking loins across the country, except in places where joy is considered a temptation by the devil, where they were instead boycotted, which thankfully we do not do anymore. I'm just kidding. Vote in the midterms. Even... <laughs> Even Jerry Lee Lewis himself felt that his music was just too damn smoking. It might send people to hell. Obviously, he didn't care fucking too much about it because he kept going. And then once he accidentally kicked a piano on a stage performance, but the kids loved it, so he just kept doing it. Don't worry, he prayed after, so it was all good. <laughs> he was called Rock's Greatest Wild Man and the first great rock and roll eclectic and then just the killer. Jerry Lee Lewis lit the scene on fire and he kept it rolling until 1958 when people got too close. He was touring in Britain. A journalist named Ray Barry was the only reporter at Heathrow at the time. And he learned when Lewis got to town that Lewis's third wife, Myra Gale, was Jerry Lee Lewis's 13-year-old cousin first removed, and he was still technically married to his second wife at the time. Now, Jerry Lee Lewis lied and said that she was 15, which is like saying, it's not crack, it's cocaine light. There's baking soda in it. It's practically a cake. And granted, comment section, I hear you. Young marriages were common in his hometown, and he'd been married twice before. But if you have to counter this with an opinion, this says more about you than anything else. The important thing here <laughs> is that that is when the world learned who Jerry Lee Lewis really was under the proto-rockabilly bad boy with good Christian values who set a piano on fire. After that, he kicked around, he scored a hit here and there, and he got a lot of honors, and then he played the Grand old Opry. But he never lost that weird funk around him like someone tried to reheat fish in the microwave. <laughs> Jerry Lee Lewis, the killer, died on Tuesday, October 25th, 2022. At least that's what TMZ said, and then later retracted that, saying it was a bullshit tip. He would go on to live three more glorious days until his death on October 28th, 2022, at 87, surprising the world because we kind of thought he was dead already. Myra Gale, though, is still with us. She just wrote a new book called The Spark That Survived. In her own words, <clears throat> quote, gossip is not gospel. If you think you know my story of being the 13-year-old bride of my second cousin, you're in for a surprise. My 1988 book and the resulting movie, Great Balls of Fire, was just the beginning. Now I'm older and wiser and not malleable in the hands of others. This time there are no holds barred. I think this book will warm your heart, tickle your funny bone, and touch your soul. I hope my story helps you handle your ups and downs. If I can survive life's worst tragedies and my own dumbass decisions, you can too, end quote. So it is to her we're looking to remember Jerry Lee Lewis, because I think we know enough about him there. But we have whiskey, so let's drink the whiskey to the gifts we've been given rather than thems that gave us the gifts. Humans, I love you, but you're frustrating. You create incredible things, but damn it, you got some screws loose. I love what you give, 
but it is a rocky love, a difficult love, a complicated love that Wikipedia is not making any easier. <laughs> Consequences gotta happen, but I still wanna love the things you make because if we're gonna go down that road, then Mickey Mouse, Batman, rock and roll, country music, fuck, Bing Crosby is the voice of Christmas and he was a fucking psycho. <laughs> but it is hard to separate, especially when it's baked into the crack cocaine cake that is most of your history. <laughs> but fuck if it is not hard to fucking love you. What I'm saying, humans, is you shake my nerves and you rattle my brain. Too much love and drives a man insane. You broke my will, but what a thrill. Goodness gracious, great balls of fire. I like the love because I thought it was funny. You came along and boo me, honey. I changed my mind. This love is fine. Goodness gracious, Let me love you like I love a sure. You're fine. Too kind. I'm Can gonna tell the world that, that you're mine, 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 mine. I chew my nails and I twiddle my thumb. He does it. I'm nervous, but it sure is fun. So fun. Come on, baby. Drive me crazy. Everyone, goodness, goodness gracious, great balls of fire. Happy Halloween, you fucks. Yeah, that's me and Bill Larkin at the end tearing it up. Oh, it's always a blast to have him nearby to just be like, hey, you want to do a song? Yeah, let's just fucking do a song. Follow him for his late night uh, piano prov all over the Twitches. There's links down below. Thank you to the Barracudas for the Kick-Ass Song Promises, which is going on in the background. Thank you to Jacob Serio for recording me. Thank you to Jepson's Malort for supporting me. Thank you to you for listening to me. Come find me on the Discord at the G&G. Links down below. Please rate and review. But most importantly, though, if you could do one thing for me, it would be to vote in the fucking midterms. Get out there and vote. Vote like goddamn life depends. Vote like your social security depends on it. Vote like your Mima's fucking healthcare depends on it. And yours, too. You'll be a Mima someday. Vote like the wilderness depends on it because all of these things are true. And then come find me on TikTok. What a segue. Um, if you're in the Chicagoland area, come up to the Chicago's northernmost brewery, the Howard Street Brewing Company, on Tuesday, November 8th, and see me and Pat Whalen in The Tuesday, T-E-W-S, like news. And if you want to know more about that, just go on my website. There, that's all the plugs I got. The best one, though, is to vote. So, like, ignore all that other shit and just go vote in the midterms. And then come hang out with me. But, like, vote first. I give up.